Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with my friend Jeff Wallach, who's got a new book out. Uh, It's a follow-up from his first one in this series, Mr. Wizard, and this book is Everyone is from Somewhere Else. You were a golf journalist, you said, in the regular show, Jeff. Um, Do you miss doing that? I do miss it. Um, I had a good run for about 35 years writing about the sport that I love. Um, I'm lucky enough that I recently uh, got a new gig something that doesn't come along very often anymore. And I'm, I'm now the golf columnist for business traveler magazine. Oh, good. So I'll be doing a short piece for them every month. Uh, and maybe one or two longer trips. I'm going to, I'm lucky enough to be headed to Ireland this summer uh, Uh, to write a roundup story of some of the best links courses there. I'm jealous. You want me to, I'll carry your bags. If you want, (laughs) I've had that offer a few times. I I understand. Yeah, I understand. Well, it's just interesting. I know, I know you, um, I know Jim Dodson. I know John Strawn, uh, of course, Gary Van Sickle. I know a, a lot of you guys. And one thing I will say, I think all of you were there in the heyday, if you will, of print journalism and golf, but I think you've all adapted pretty well too. Um, Jim's writing books, right and left. Uh, you and, uh, well, John and uh, Kurt are writing, Kurt Sampson, are writing golf course books. Um, you're back, as you just said, writing more golf. You can't get away from it. It's, yeah. it's like Michael Corleone said, you know, every time I think I get out, it just sucks me back in. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've been very lucky in that. I mean, to be a, to be a freelance journalist in particular, you have to be an entrepreneur, right? right? Because in my career, I was not just trying to write a story every week all year, but to, to be able to write a story as a freelancer, first you have to sell the story to an editor. Right. So you learn to scramble. I mean, it's like a good player who hits a few bad shots that he needs to recover from. So he makes up a bunker shot that he's never hit before. And it works. And he's like, okay, uh, I, I lived through another week as a, <laughs> as a golf journalist. So, uh, yeah, so we've all found different niches that uh, not, maybe not what we started out to, to do. I mean, John and Kurt are writing club histories, which, uh, which, which is a great business, but also, you know, a, a tough way to make a living. You got to sell the books before you right. get to write them. 
Um, you know, Dodson's been writing books for, for decades, so he's got that niche carved out. And others of us are doing radio shows, which are great, or yeah. podcasts. So, I mean, you have to, you have to uh, play to the conditions, as they say, right? Yeah, you really do. Um, Jim was one of my first big guests when I started this show years ago, and we've become friends since then. And uh, he's always got something, you know, and he was the he was not to talk about Dodson too much, but he was getting out. He got away from Golf Channel and, uh, you know, all this stuff that he was doing. And then he became the kind of the editor slash publisher of these magazines back there in North Carolina. And then he was going to get away from that, but he really didn't for a long time. And, and now he's the, the, the old wagon road back there on the East coast. Uh, you know, he's written about that. It's like, dude, you need to, well, when I get his wife on the phone, we gang up on him. Just put it that way, Jeff. As you should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, in the case of Jim and also the other people you mentioned, John Strong, I mean, for me, I'm really happy to see that the, some of the good guys have come out on top because that is not always the case, particularly in this business. Um, you know, when, when I have an opportunity to help somebody in, in, in any area of my life in business or sure. elsewhere, I do it not because there's something in it for me, but because I can. And the guys that you're talking about were all people who, uh, you know, when they were, way further up the food chain than I was. They lent a hand just because they could. They were they were gracious. They were generous. And so it's really satisfying to see that people like that have succeeded. And yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if Jim plays much golf anymore. He says he does, but I, I, Wendy's always in the background kind of shaking her head. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe type thing. Uh but he has a good time. So the big question is, how much golf do you get to play, Jeff? Well, you know, as uh, I like to call myself a golf professional, you know, I was a golf professional for 35 years, even though I had a double digit handicap. Um, That's legal. Friends, That's my legal. My friends uh, often said that I was one of the only people who would play less golf when he retired. Um, so that's, that's been the case, you know, in the, in the old days, when I was writing about it full time, I might play 80 or a hundred rounds a year, uh, because somewhere like Scottsdale visitors bureau would say, Hey, come on down. If you could write a story about us and I would play 36 holes a day for five or six days. So you do that a few times a year, the rounds add up now, uh, those opportunities aren't there so much, but. I would say that uh, I play an average of, of around a week through the year, maybe 40 rounds a year now. Um, and now that I'm doing this gig for a business traveler magazine, I'm hoping there might be a little more of that, but uh, yeah, that that's 40 or 50 a year is a pretty good year. Yeah, it is. I can't get that many in just um, between the two shows and the TV stuff and all that. I'm lucky if I get in one or two a month. Yeah. I mean, really. And it's not that I don't want to. Uh, it's just the time factor. Yeah. Well, let me take a quick tangent on that. Which sure. Say I just finished a story about short courses. Um, and for folks like yourself who, you know, you can't take the whole day, but there's a lot of places building 12 hole courses, nine hole courses, right. 13 hole courses. 
And these courses are also maybe mostly par threes. And so this is a great trend in the game, I think. Um, you know, I, I would play golf with my wife on occasion, and her perfect round of golf was seven holes. Yeah. That's how long she could focus and have a good time. And after that, she was bored or tired. And so the idea that uh, architects are now listening to the fact that people don't have six or seven hours and they're building courses that you could play at lunch, I think is, is a terrific thing for the game. I live in Woodburn and I don't know. I mean, you know, the OGA course, obviously sure. it's just a couple blocks from me here, but a lot of people don't know that across interstate five, there's the Woodburn golf course. Hmm. Okay. And the Woodburn golf course is nine holes. It's perfectly flat. It's just kind of lined with trees. They've got sand greens and it costs 10 bucks to play. I'm giving them a plug and I don't know why. Yeah. But what's funny is there's obviously members over here at OGA. And before spring and the men's clubs and different things start, Jeff, you'll see some of those guys across the freeway practicing at the, the nine hole with the sand greens and stuff, yeah. because they can just, you know, if they, if you want to drop two balls or whatever and work on your game, nobody, yeah. ca nobody cares. All right. So they're over there tuning up before they get into the men's club down here and, and start playing for, you know, pride or bragging rights or whatever they're playing for. Yeah. But, but I always think it's kind of funny because they can whip over there. It's on an honor system. Most of the time you just put the money in the box love that. And, and go forward. Sometime you'll have to come down and play with me down there. I it's, would love that. Those, you know, I mean, we really need those courses because yeah. uh, what's happened in, in America, I think over decades of golf is it's become more formal. Uh, it takes longer. In some ways, it's less fun, especially for a new player with all the rules. Right. Um, and we need some places where you could just go out and, and have a good time with your kids or your wife uh, or people who would like to learn how to play the game, but they're intimidated. They don't want to go play at a club where there's a bunch of guys standing around on the first tee waiting for you to get going. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's one of the differences, I think, between the game in Britain and Ireland uh, compared to the States is, you know, in those countries, every small town has their own course and it might cost you, you know, 500 bucks for the year to play unlimited golf and they make it accessible to everyone. And they've got, you know, youth camps and ladies day and whatever for, for sure. people who might be a little slower. Um, and and for seniors and uh you know it's a community activity and you'll find people in the pub afterwards and it's it's a social sport and we have i think gone a little too far in formalizing it and making it too expensive and too slow with too many rules and so these nine hole places are fantastic for the game oh they are they are and if you think of like saint andrews if you live in the town of St. Andrews, you have access to the course. Right. You can walk your dog on it. You can have a picnic on there. You can play golf too, but there's all kinds of things that they can use. They treat it more as a multi-use facility. We right. tend not to do that. And I understand why on commercial ventures to a degree, sure. but again, I'll refer to the one here in my town that um, it's just fun. That's all it is, is fun. You're not going to go over there and, and 
mark down your score and turn it in for your gin number or anything like right. that. You're and just you gonna have, go hit balls. You don't have to mark your ball on the green. If someone's behind you, you could just move it out of the way an inch or two. Nobody yep. cares. That's yep. the thing about the rules and about keeping score. I mean, any of us who've ever played this game and have talked about our game afterwards in the bar has learned nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. And the other thing it learned, you, you learn quickly is that, no, you will not be on tour. Um, and I don't care what level of tour you're talking about. You're, That's you're, right. you're not going to, unless it's maybe at Captain Jack's pitch and putt somewhere, but you're not going to be on tour for that. And, uh, but it is fun and I love it. And uh, I've kind of created this, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, Jeff. Um, I've put a little putting green in my backyard and I've got a new um, um, big cage coming. It's not ugly, but it's so I can practice there, even though I live very close to a golf course. I, I've got enough golf balls where I don't feel like going and buying a bucket of balls for seven bucks. Right. You know, I can, I can hit literally 500 balls in my backyard and, and do that. And then much to my wife's chagrin, I'm making a sand trap to practice in that one. I haven't been able to sell really well yet, but I'm working on it. I hope it's not inside the house. No, no, no. It's it's out there by everything else. But I did cool. You know, I planted azaleas around the, the putting green and stuff. Nice. Do all that. And little creativity. You can get a lot done, especially when your wife travels a lot. So <laughs> Jeff Wallach, his new book, Everyone is from Somewhere Else. And I'll hold this up again. Don't, don't, I don't know. My green screen might not let me show that very well jeff there you go uh don't worry about the stripe if you buy the book you won't have that stripe on it but uh it's always a pleasure to talk to you jeff uh you're a great writer and i enjoy your work so much very fun thanks jeff no worries we'll be back next week with another edition of after hours here on grilling at the green until then um be nice and go out and play some golf take care everybody